Welcome back to another edition of All Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, we got a great show planned for you. And of course, I'm sure that you are also in a really good mood, especially if you're a Texas Longhorn fan. The Longhorns, they survive in advance, keep hope alive with a win over Penn State. We'll get into it, advancing to the Sweet 16, how sweet it is. Also, the ladies in action tonight. We'll give you some more details about that and how you can hear that uh, coming up within the ARN family. We'll get into also Cowboys. How about them Cowboys making moves? All the right moves. This time with a trade with my Houston Texans for Brandon Cooks. Also the Houston Texans making a big move. Laramie Tunsil now the highest paid offensive tackle in all of the NFL. We'll get into those NFL news notes and nuggets as well. The Austin FC drop another one. We'll talk about all that. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but it's out to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Harge, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, my man? Laramie Tunsil for the second time becoming the highest paid offensive tackle. Hey. What a man. That man can negotiate. I uh-huh. love that. Hey, Lamar Jackson, you might Holla need to hire Laramie boy. Tunsil to do your damn deal. Holla Holla at your boy, for sure. <laughs> but let me talk about my man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments, but he is a fan of yours. My man and your my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know he's underpaid. We also call him the idealionaire, and he is the owner of the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. That's my man Lou, and he's in the house today. So shout out to Lou. Patrick Davis, what's going on, Patrick? I'm uh, feeling good. Sweet 16. Sweet 16, how sweet it is. Uh, right. you can uh, let us know exactly how sweet it is for you on the specs text. Or sour. Hey, man, you want to share your <laughs> disappointment over the weekend? That's fine, too, because everybody's team did not win. Uh, but uh, Cowboys fans feeling good, and Longhorns are feeling good right now. So Specs text line is wide open for you, 512-337-3776. I don't know if it's possible to win the offseason, but damn it, the Cowboys are trying their best. So we'll get into that, too, with the acquisition of Brandon Cooks. And my man Harge, our resident Cowboys fan, is really, look at it. I know he's excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll get into that. We'll talk about it. Uh, also, uh, you can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge and Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis. Uh, let's get into it because, um, man, Texas with a big win over Penn State. So much to unpack here. Uh, it was it was it was unique in a lot of ways, and we'll get into it. Um, but. The emergence, because the biggest headline, we're not going to bury that, obviously. The emergence of Dylan DeSue mm-hmm. has been absolutely phenomenal down the stretch here for Texas. I think he's averaging, what, 16 points in the last eight games. The guy that was averaging a little under seven points all season long. Texas is not even the same team that they were most of the season now. Nope. Like it's hard to scout this. And you got basically exactly. got to do, your scouting has to go back about eight games. 
because they're a different team altogether offensively uh, with Dylan DeSue. And even in the pregame when the uh, when the analysts were talking about Texas, uh, they kept you know talking about Texas not having a perimeter. I mean, sorry, interior offensive presence. I'm like, oh, you ain't been watching. Because they do, and it's Dylan DeSue. Uh, there's a great scene in one of all of our favorite movies, I'm sure, uh, Pulp Fiction, where mm-hmm. after you know Samuel Jackson is robbed in the restaurant and then asks for his wallet back, and the <laughs> robber asks him, "You say, well, right, how do I know? What, you know what wallet is? It? How do I know it's your wallet?" He said, "It's the one with bad mofo on it." Yep. All yep. right. It's the one, right? Uh, you know what I mean? Like that. It's the one with the father, mother, mucker on it. All right, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, bad. That bad. That one. All right. Yeah. Bad yeah. father, mucker. <laughs> and that's what Dylan DeSue is. Somebody should get him a wallet with bad mofo on it, because he was the baddest mofo in that game. And honestly, he's been one of the baddest mofos in the tournament. So yep. far. So yep. I would love for us to get a a group together and somehow get resources and connections because we need to find one of those wallets. I'm sure Jeff Bezos <laughs> and Amazon's got some bad mofo wallets out there. It was probably on my flight it, when my wallet was missing. Yeah, yeah. It ended up in Vegas. It ended up in it Vegas. Ended up in Vegas. Uh, but yes, I think it's I think it's uh it's important to understand how bad of a mofo Dylan DeSue has been down the stretch. Uh because the way this game worked out, I don't know if they win this game without right. Dylan DeSue basically becoming that bad yeah. for the mucker. Yeah, he's been that dude for like you said for the last month, the last probably eight games. He's turned it around. I think a lot of this has to do with his health. I think he's finally at the point where he's one hundred percent because we knew early in the year he was still trying to find his sea legs, so to speak. The way he was kind of dangling and angling out there it didn't look comfortable for him. And I remember Patrick coming in uh, and telling us that during warm-ups he would see him. He looked good, but he wasn't playing in the game. And then he was trying to get himself back into that kind of shape. But the rhythm of it all, Rod, you know. You know what it's like when you start having success at your position and the team starts feeding you and making sure you're a lockdown corner at times. You know what I'm saying? So people didn't want to come to your direction. And when they did, they paid the price, everything. You you scouted them so well that you knew every move that they were going to make. And I think what Dylan decided that he was going to do was – Take it over. He was going to be that other piece of the success that Texas was going to have. And it's really fun to watch this young man grow up and get this opportunity. Let's not forget, and we talked about this before, he was one of the best players in the SEC when he was at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. Like, he was putting up big numbers and doing it both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I think he became defensive player of the year or something like that, rebounding and all that good stuff. And now we got a chance to see that part of him. And it was all a matter of time, and I'm so glad it's happened because let's not forget, he started the season, I think he had like six points. He was averaging six points for the season, and then boom, the whole month of March. And we kept saying, March is where you make your money. My man has decided I'm trying to get paid, and he is getting paid. Got the MVP of the Big 12 tournament, and now went out there and put on an absolute show for the ages in this game. And you said it. 
They needed him in that game. Oh, I mean, talking about coming up clutch, and he showed he got the clutch gene. Mm-hmm. Because when uh, Penn State took that three-point lead late in the game after that 10-0 run, uh, and we'll, uh, we got some great sound uh, of Rodney Terry talking about what was discussed when he took that crucial timeout mm-hmm. there as well. Um, but, you know, after that, after Texas comes back after that timeout, uh, essentially they decide we're going to put the game in Dylan DeSue's hands. They can't Smart stop move. him. That's where our biggest <laughs> matchup advantage is. Texas flips the script, goes on a 10-0 run themselves. Dylan DeSue down the stretch uh, scores eight of those 10 points, um, and then Texas ends up with a seven-point lead after that point, and that, I think, was probably the most pivotal point in the game. There's no question about it. And Dylan DeSue, like I said, he came up clutch, I, I believe, late in the first half. Texas uh, closes on a run, mm-hmm. and he scores six straight points to close out the first half, I yep, believe. Yep. And then he closes out the game, and 16 of his 28 points came in the second half, and Patrick ends up breaking the, the uh, Texas record for uh, field goals in tournament play in the game for, with 14. Yeah, yep. and, that's on, and that's on 20 shots, too. That was on 20. Yep. It, that's the other part. Is It's so high percentage. That you you can't replace somebody who can go in and just dominate. Like we've talked about mid range game, and his is just inside mid range, but it's far enough to pull the defenders back. Yep. And it's really in this no man's land that not a lot of guys play in. And with that push shot he can hit from there, it's just devastating. He also does a great job defensively in one personal foul in that whole game. Yeah, like that right there. The fact that he never had to worry about getting pulled out of this game because of personal fouls is huge for Dylan DeSue because we just know that's been a problem for him this whole season, just picking up those fouls. So to see what he can do now, it's so much fun to watch him play. And he's one of those guys, too, if, you, if you're if you a lifelong Texas fan, you have to be so happy for because he's a kid that wasn't recruited. And instead of beating us in the tournament, like so many of these other kids yep. seem to end up doing when they don't get recruited to Texas, he works his butt off at Vanderbilt and comes back and is now getting to live the dream, his childhood dream. Yeah, and and don't forget, he wanted to be a football player at the University of Texas before he wanted to be a basketball player. And then all of a sudden, he got that growth spurt, and it became, "Uh uh-oh, I guess I'm going to be hooping. And he's got records all over Pflugerville, Hendrickson's High School. We got a chance to go over there and look at it. And I'm telling you right now, all of Pflugerville was tweeting during that game because <laughs> they were all on my my feed. And I was like, okay, now everybody's talking about this dude. I remember walking into uh, – they were getting ready to play Creighton here. No, the Gonzaga game. Gonzaga. I ran into his mom. Mm. And I was like, he ready to show up? She was like, he better. It's about that time. <laughs> and now you saw her during the game. You saw her during the game. They kept showing her on the camera and her – and Rodney were so excited for the, for Dylan, and it's just been that time. And this is the time where where it's called March Madness for a reason. And th- we've talked about we look for the guard play to be a major part of the success down the clutch time. Marcus Carr made a clutch shot at the near the end of the game, and that's great. But Dylan DeSue, and that's the one thing that I love about this team now is that when somebody's hot. They keep giving it to them. Yeah. They keep finding that person. We saw it earlier this year when they were passing up shots, giving it to Marcus Carr. We saw it in the tournament just recently. They were just giving Sergio the Brian ball. Rice. Yeah, they were just giving it. They were like, mm-hmm. if he hot, let him keep going yeah. until he says, all right, I'm good for a minute and let me get my breath back. 
But I'm excited for this team. Um, I know everybody keeps wanting to talk about the Rodney Terry contract, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later. But let's just let everything play out. That's where I am right now. I'm at that point where it's just like, let's let all this happen, man. I know we want it. I've tweeted at CDC on Saturday, too. What else does this man have to do? But just let everything play out. And I, I believe that Rodney has this team playing so good. But give his staff a lot of credit, too. The yeah. scouting from all of these guys and the effort that they put in. And this is the thing that I love. There's no ego on the coaching staff either. No. This is, this is a team where you can see players are playing for each other and the coaches are coaching for each other and yeah. the players. And you, you just said, right, it's – you know, there isn't that ego in the huddle of – because Rodney, and that's what he's doing great too, is there's no ego of, hey, man, this is the offense we need to run right now. Hey, man, we need to focus on this. Yeah. And they're basically taking the best idea every time. And March is about guard play. But the guards are playing great defense. Yep. And on offense, they're making the right decisions. Love it. That they're getting the ball to the guy who's hot in the post. And they go, hey, man, they can't stop it. If my, if I, my job is to facilitate the offense – I better get the ball down to the guy yep. who's dominating this game because that's going to facilitate any, more than anything I can do. That's the best thing about this you know, transmogrification of this squad in the last eight games or so is that now offensively, we know defensively, that's their calling card, that's yep. their identity. Defense is going to come to play, um, and I, that's what I love about this team. I mean, that defense travels, and that is their true identity. But offensively now, they're more malleable, they're more adaptable because mm-hmm. they can beat you a number of ways. Three-point shot obviously wasn't working. They only hit one damn three-point shot the whole damn game. <laughs> yeah, one damn three-point <laughs> shot the whole game. The three-point shot essentially won the Longhorns yep. the first round of the tournament versus yep. Colgate. But in this game, three-point shot wasn't falling. And the guards, the guards, they made the right plays at the right moments, but they they weren't spectacular. Five turnovers, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Five right. turnovers the game. Right, so. I said right time. They yeah. made the right decisions at the right moment, but they weren't spectacular. They weren't. Yep. More spectacular yeah. was Dylan DeSue. My, getting back to my point is they're they're more adaptable now. Now the offense doesn't yeah. just hinge on one, one concept or one player or one group performing at a high level. They can beat you now in a number of ways. Goes back to your point hard about them being unselfish they are really unselfish be it because you know that's why i think that makes them even more adaptable you have no idea who's going to come right. out and have the game that's going to end up being the dagger for your team it could be Carr, it could be Sergio burr rice it could be timmy allen it could be dylan DeSue, it could be like four different guys right it can be or any, it can be a group effort it could be a group yeah. effort and, and they can spread it out so we've seen this team win in some of the toughest fashions in some of the smoothest fashions you talked about it they went from couldn't miss on thursday from the three-point line to uh uh-oh i hope they make an adjustment and what have we been saying the entire time find out if you can make that shot and if you can't make it start attacking the lane get to the free throw line they were only eight of 11 but penn state was eight of 11 from the free throw line as well they made more threes but that paint he was inside that paint and i don't care what anybody says the lost art of the mid-range, I don't care about your analytics. I don't care about any of that. If you can make a basket, make the basket. We watch San Diego State. All they do is try to get you in the paint the entire time. They don't like shooting threes. They yeah. like to get into the paint and to, be as close as you can. 40 to 24 advantage for Texas with <laughs> yeah. points in the paint. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's what that the was the adjustment though. That was there. exactly. They knew they weren't hit from outside. They weren't hot and they found a way to adapt. That's 
I'm telling that's why Dylan DeSue has really been the X factor for them making a deep run in this tournament. No doubt. He really is. Nobody and the, now to try to game plan against him is tough. Uh, you know, Patrick brings up the push shot that he uses a lot. I heard Zay bring up a really good point just schematically. When they run that that pick and roll, that high pick and roll, and they come out with, you know, Dylan DeSue, yeah. usually most big men want to try to get to the rim. And this dude doesn't try to get to the rim. He's cool in the mid-range yeah. after the pick and roll, which is, that's unorthodox. That's it very is, strange. But he also has four <laughs> offensive rebounds because he, when he's in that mid-range and he puts up the shot and he doesn't like it, he can get to the rebound yes. so much easier than if you go all the way to the bucket, you're underneath the bucket or beyond the basket. It's really hard to get your own rebound, your own miss. Yep. Where he's shooting from, the defender's usually so off-put that even when he misses, a lot of times he can get his own rebound and follow it back up because he's basically shooting into a shot that's going to bounce right back to him or bounce somewhere where he can grab it. So there's just a lot of like advantages to that kind of shot if you can do it. Yeah. Not a lot of people can do what he does, though. It's just a weird, like, because you don't, no coach is really going, hey, man, so this little shot, pump fake, <laughs> like, coaches don't really push that. They say, get to the basket. The analytics show you get to the basket or you step back and take a jump shot. You don't do a little floater push shot thing from nine, 10 feet, <laughs> especially not while you're moving, not set. It's weird. And, but it works. It and works. it just, it works really well. He made a fadeaway, too. I mean, yep. dude, he was in his bag, though. Was, and then we see Timmy <laughs> Allen, who's kind of sitting around that mid range, too. He comes up with a bunch of rebounds, yep. which, you know, and not having to be the scorer, finding his role of, hey, man, they're, if they're going to play small, I can go get these rebounds. Yep. Like, I'm a better rebounder than their fourth guard. Yeah, I can no go out doubt. there and rebound all day long. And he gets 12 rebounds in the game. I love it. I love it. I just like I just love the way that they went about their business and the adjustments that we're starting to see. Now, this was I'll, I'll tell y'all this, and I've told a lot of people outside of this. I said this is the only game that I was ever worried about on the schedule. Like if 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 everything matched up, the, Xavier was the only team that I thought Texas was going. They're they so evenly matched that it bothered me. Now, Texas got the experience. They're an older team. I understand that. The point guard for Xavier used to actually play for Rodney at at, um, uh, UTEP. So Rodney Mm -hmm. actually tried to recruit him here. He wanted him here when he took the job, but the kid had already committed to Xavier. So this was the one game, one team that I was worried about heading into it. Because my bracket has them matching up into this game, and that was the one game that I was worried about. Um, yeah, but, man, Texas is playing so well. Agreed. Agreed. Um, just, if, if Texas wasn't playing at such a high level, I would be concerned uh, about the matchup. They're playing really, really well right yeah. now. They're playing as well as any team in this tournament. No and, doubt and, I, this and I will tell you, I'm a little bit less worried about And I am worried. Like, you, it's a sweet 16. No one is yeah. here that doesn't deserve to be here anymore, right? Right. Uh, so you're like everybody, you know, you're not going to get. There's no more easy matchups. There's no more. Ooh, no more, no no sweat on this one. Right. But the way the refs have been calling this tournament and allowing the big men to get bumped around and play physical in the post yeah. helps Texas a lot because you're undersized. So you are going to have to put some bodies on their big men. That would be worrisome. But if you go, hey man, if we can go in there and play physical, we got Brock Cunningham and Christian Bishop who can go in yep. there and play yep. physical. And try and keep him out of the paint. I think that is the way they call tournament play should be able to help Texas make up for a little bit of that height difference 
in size difference by being able to go in and fight for rebounds and fight for everything. And, we, I mean, we saw it with Duke this weekend. Filipowski, <laughs> early in that game, was bleeding. He was beat up. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, like, and that was in the first five minutes of the game. They just came at him and were like, oh, no, no. We, we want this, too, and Tennessee went at him and played physical basketball. At least they're consistent, though, the refs. No, they exactly. Very, and, they, and you have very, to. Yeah. You have to be. And so, that, but that's how tournament play is normally called. It's just how – so I think it favors Texas to a point, but you have to know that going in, and that has to be in the scouting report. Hey, we're going to have to play physical. Yeah, guys have to earn those fouls if you really want them. You yeah. got to go in there because well, they're going to they're gonna let the, the ticky-tack hacks go. Yeah, but if you get now, if you get you know just molly whopped in there, yeah, of course. But they're gonna let it go. The guy just kind of yeah. swipes, yeah. slaps you in the face. I, no, it's, let it's it go. a simple thing. Is yeah. if you're they're always looking up, too, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you ain't seen me get slapped in the face. You're like, hey man, we're calling it a certain way. Yeah, you know? no, and it's like, <laughs> if it your hands are up. The refs will usually like you can make contact with your arms up in the post, and they won't call it as much. It's when you start swiping sideways, that's almost always a call because now. Like we now, like you, the percentage of you hitting that ball and only hitting the ball sideways, it, like we know, hey, you got ball because you did get ball. You got tons of body and everything else, but we're fine with that. Yeah. It's a swipe sideways we, that'll get you in trouble. Guys, are, guys are bleeding. That ain't yeah. hands yeah. up. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, you guys bleeding. That's that ain't damn. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a that's yeah. a good that's a good <laughs> basketball play. <laughs> there you go, like WWE. Yeah. Uh, all right, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I can't I can't wait for uh, the Xavier matchup uh, with Texas. I I'm, I'm with you, Hard. You that's a good point. You brought it up that you were concerned about it, but you did you see Texas becoming this team with Dylan DeSue? Potentially as kind of a kind of an offensive juggernaut for them potentially, or an offensive X factor. Well, I, th- I think he was going to be an X factor because of the way that he played in Kansas City when he ended up winning the the most outstanding player in the tournament. So yeah, I thought he would be able to play, but not to that level. I didn't think he was going to go out there and put up twenty eight points. I didn't think he was going right. to be able to go fourteen of twenty. And don't forget. He took the first three of the game and he missed it. And then after that, he didn't take another one. Yeah. He started working in the paint. He opened the game with a three shot. And it, I was like, dang, that was an ugly shot. And, I'm and like, I don't like him doing that. Bad. Yeah. The rest of the rest of, either. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he took that first three. And then Penn State came down and took an uglier one. I was like, yeah, yeah right. I was like, we got this game. This is going to be right at this game. This is what it's going to look that, like. That's, and that's the other part of it, too. No, that's a great point to bring up, though. I mean, Texas, once again, and this is going back to the Colgate game, too. I mean, they held Penn State to 28%, low on the yep. 29% shooting from three-point range. They're one of the top five best three-point shooting teams, potentially. Uh, in the country in this tournament and Texas was able to suffocate them on the perimeter and force them to try to beat them a different way. They Texas is really good at taking away your identity, whatever that may be offensively, and they made life really tough on Jalen Pickett. Yeah, they did. We talked about I mean, now he was the straw that stirred the drink, leading leader in points, assists, steals, uh, one of the best players in the country is Rodney Terry said that guy's going to play in the NBA, yep. and they, they were able to frustrate him as well. I mean, he's got an average you know, 18 points, like they held him 11 points, but he was he was not able to distribute right. um, and, and distribute to open shooters, um, open uh, jump shooters like he did in that game versus Texas A&M. Texas really did a good job, once again, making life really tough on the three-point shooters. Yeah, he kept running Andrew Funk off the, off the line, too. Every shot that he was taking, there was a couple early that he was wide open and was a little long with it, and then after that, they started running him at the three-point line. All the 
shots were being contested from far. Against Texas A&M, they weren't being contested. They were shooting it real easy. They were wide open threes. This game, they had a couple of them, and then after that, they started really going after them on the three-point line. So kudos to Texas. Kudos to the coaching staff. It was a great game plan. Held them to 8 of 28. From three point, land. yeah, and that's Tyrese Hunter again. He, you know, My he man. plays really good defense. Yeah, he's productive on offense, three of five, so not doing too much. Yep, and then gets another seven rebounds and two assists. Like that's one of those games where it goes. It's pretty undervalued because he's not, he's not blowing up any stat. At the same point, just being really effective at what you're doing and not trying to do too much on a team when you have somebody else who's in the zone. Yep. All that team needs from you right there, and you're doing it perfectly. Uh, really quickly, while we wrap up the discussion uh, about Texas and their win versus Penn State, advancing to the Sweet 16, uh, Rodney Terry's status um, as the interim head coach has become the hot topic of conversation, of course. Uh, he has won his first two tournament games. Uh, it really is at one of the best stories, if not mm-hmm. the best story, in college basketball right now. Everybody uh, seems to be enamored with it. Uh, we... We've talked about this before, I think, but every you know game that he wins in March Madness, I think it adds another element and another chapter to it. I think at this point, it is Rodney Terry's job, pretty much. I think it's it'll be really tough for those behind the burnt orange curtain mm-hmm. to uh, justify hiring someone else. Now they could do it; they can do whatever they want to do. They can right. do whatever they want to do, of and they will. And they will. <laughs> And yes, they, they will. will. <laughs> uh, but I think at this point, he he has done everything possible to try to earn the to earn the gig. Yep. I don't think you announce it any b- before you have to prematurely. Right. I don't think you do that. I don't think there's a need to do that. I think right now, just leaving it where it is is fine. I do think uh, once Texas season is over, and not going to it, it won't be over till everybody's season is Hopefully over. Not till April. Hello. Not till everybody's season. I want Texas playing until the last team in April third. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I honestly, I do, man. I think this team has shown amazing resilience, and they've shown a ton of fortitude. And he's a big reason for that. The players obviously love him, and you know it's going to be hard to for 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 like for me from my standpoint, hard for them to justify hiring somebody else outside of Rodney Terry. That would mean you have to tell me why Rodney Terry doesn't deserve the job, and I think that's how he's changing the narrative. Absolutely. Right, it's and like, you see the like, passion. Not, not, not a question is why not Rodney Terry? Exactly. Instead of well, why Rodney Terry? Like no, no, why not Rodney Terry? Oh man, if, <laughs> if you ask one of my homeboys that keep texting me talking about man, we need to go after Billy Donovan. I'm like, I'm not listening to you. I'm not even talking Billy to you. Donovan ain't coaching NCAA. Thank in, you. In and over nobody, a decade. And nobody understands what the transfer portal is when you've been at that level. Yeah, the dude don't work. It's a lot of work. work. And you've been at the NBA. It's so crazy. I don't even. I don't even know why I even brought that up to y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but here's the deal. I'm with you 100%, and I'll, I'll say it again. I believe that we we are looking at something that is happening that may have already happened and just going to let it play out, just going to let the season play out, and we may come in after it's all said and done, April 3rd, and be like, <laughs> hey, man, congratulations. Because if he gets to that, there ain't no way no. you would be able to walk out here and say we're gonna make them different. We're gonna go in a different no, direction. I think. I think honestly, I was, Final Four, Elite Eight, it's gonna be impossible. I think right now it's, I it's, agree. it's a pretty sound I agree. argument. But he goes, he goes deeper even further. <laughs> he wins Sweet Sixteen, goes to Elite Eight. 
I mean, it's, <laughs> no, it's got to be. The cake is baked. Yeah, to me, it's going to be Because you're basically obvious. cutting down the coaches you can look at right now, and every win just cuts down the names yep. that are even remotely acceptable. And I think, too, we're getting to a point where some of these guys, like a Jay Wright, may be like, dude, I'm not taking that guy's job. Right. right. Like, I'm on the staff with these guys, and we're all sitting in the – we're talking after the game, and we're like, man, Texas is dumb for not hiring him. And that's the conversation they're having during halftime when they're off air. Yeah. And then you think he's going to be like, I don't know, they you know, they gave me $5 million a year or $6 million a year, so I'll go take that. Because then they know there's going to be backlash on that end. Right. So your your window is closing of, like, actual good coaches – and then I still the name they threw out there was the most insane name possible in that article. Mm, yeah, because that name if if they hire that name, then we are in fire CDC mode. <laughs> that yeah. dude didn't get make the NIT. So right, that's that seems out of the question at this point, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I I I, I don't think they can really justify because if there was a hot name out there, great. But right now it's going to be hard to really. They want do. the guy that takes his shirt off and run maybe, around his head like a helicopter. Rodney Terry's making a hell of a case, man. Take He's your shirt off, Rodney. And, go and, ahead. And Rodney's going to get a great job. <laughs> no, no doubt. Even if Texas doesn't hire no him, Rodney doubt. Terry will get hired and have a, and, and, and a, and a great gig. And, and like I said, it's always about, for CDC, do you want to hire the biggest possible name you can get for the job? Guy with the best resume, guy with the most yeah. skins on the wall, or do you want to hire you know the right person for the job agree all right do you want the the big biggest you know the uh, name hire splash hire you can get or you the right hire and right now Rodney Terry's making the case that he's the right hire I mean and I, don't, the know, response, he, I don't know the, if he's a splash hire but maybe the right hire well the the, the hottest name in the game right now is his because everybody's talking about him nationally every conversation has been national about what is going on Dick Vitale um Charles Barkley Kenny the Jet. I mean, Clark, Clark, Clark Kellogg. Kellogg. I mean, everybody. Vic Schaefer. Vic Schaefer's like, uh, don't y'all just think they out there playing? They being coached, folks. They being coached. Yeah. No, Vic Schaefer <laughs> said it's one of the greatest coaching jobs. Like, I've, I've, I've never seen anything I don't like that. Yeah, we got to get that sound. Yeah, we'll I don't want to you know, put words in coaches' mouth. When I heard it uh, like the time, I was like, whoa. He was like, but guys, I've never seen anything like that. Like, it, it was pretty amazing. It was guys. dope. Speaking of Coach Schaefer, uh, his ladies will be in action tonight. So we'll give you some um, details about that coming up a little bit later on. All right. We got to talk World Baseball Classic. Yeah. We do. Astros get some bad news out of the baseball classic, the World Baseball Classic, uh, but nothing but good news and good vibes uh, for uh, Team USA in the World no Baseball doubt. Classic. We'll talk about that. Thank you. Uh, thanks to my man Hardball Hards coming back in. We'll talk plenty of baseball on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick playing jams intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have been dealing with uh, some uh, tough times over the weekend. Not the case for Longhorn fans, uh, not the case for Cowboys fans either. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Also, not the case for Team USA fans if you are uh, keeping up with the World Baseball Classic. Um, let's get into the, the bad news here first, Harge. The bad news is that Jose Altuve ended up suffering an injury in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Go Strolls! So if you're an Astros fan, he left the uh, 9-7 loss uh, for Venezuela. They lost to the United States. That was uh, Saturday night with a broken right thumb is what the speculation is. Uh, broken right thumb, uh, usually based on baseball prospectus. Their database, the average Major League Baseball player who breaks a bone in their hand is out a median of 44 days. And last season, there were four broken thumbs in Major League Baseball. Um, Tyler Stevenson out 29 days. Bryce Harper, 61 days. Harold Ramirez, 29 days. And Ivan Longoria broke his thumb on October 3rd and was out the final three games of the season. Um, 2021, broken thumb. Joey Votto out 33 games. Um, Plesak was out 45 games when he broke his. So he's going to be out. You know, he's going to miss, I think, 12. We got 12, less than two weeks before yep. the start of the regular season. Yep. So he's going to miss, I don't know. Probably the first a month, month and a half. Yeah, probably like the that. first month. Yeah. And Altuve's, you know, so talented that he can be back pretty quick as far as timing is concerned because he's been around the game for so long. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of the pain tolerance and what he's going to be able to do uh, fielding-wise and also throwing-wise. But he'll be able – He he. I, I have a feeling he'll be back a lot quicker than what most can think. We all got to wait until the final verdict is taken care of, and then yeah. they'll give us the final decision on that. But it's very unfortunate because there was other guys that got hurt doing it. Uh, the Mets closer got hit, Diaz, he hurt, and, and they were just celebrating, jumping straight up and down, <laughs> and then he tore his patella tendon, oh, so he's out. Man. And he had just signed a brand-new contract. He's the Ooh. one that was coming out of the bullpen with the trumpets playing all the time. <laughs> so they're still dealing with that with the Mets. They're trying to figure that out. There's been so many different little things that have happened to different players, but uh, you you brought it up just a second ago. This Team USA, man. They are playing some amazing baseball. They yeah. they have a lot of talent, and you weren't sure you you weren't sure exactly if it was going to mesh well. You had your big name stars, but you know as well as I do, sometimes you can have all the best stars out there, and they just don't play that well. Mm-hmm. But this major league team that they have, I mean, all these major league players that are on Team USA, they're out there balling. Trey Turner is so smooth. He had a big contract. I went to the Dodgers, then he went to, I mean, yeah, he went from the Nationals to the Dodgers, and now he's the shortstop for the Phillies. And he's having an amazing World World Baseball Classic. You look at what Goldschmidt has done, you still got Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. You got all these guys that are out there just balling, Mm -hmm. and it's been so much fun to watch. And on the staff, you got Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. took batting practice the other day with Team USA, and the entire team was around the batting cage watching Ken Griffey Jr. go out there and just swing the bat. Think yeah. about that. Still yeah. got that juice. Hey, he has one of the prettiest swings, oh my uh, gosh. the sweetest Effortless. swings ever. You ain't even got like baseball like that swing. Effortless. <laughs> and then you go and play against the uh, uh, Cuban team, and you go out there and beat them 14-2. to 
that was so impressive. And now you're just waiting to see if you're going to play Mexico or Japan. If I was a betting man, and you know I have been, I would. I think I'm gonna go with Me- uh, Japan to come and play the USA team. Um, but Mexico beat Team USA, right? Yep. Earlier, earlier, uh, earlier yep. in the first round, I believe they end up losing uh, to Team Mexico. So uh, yeah, that right now is a it, it's crazy because there have been surveys that have been out there for different. Major League Baseball teams uh, are by different media organizations about how much the World Baseball Classic means yep. to players around the world. And, you know, the ones who are both Major League Baseball players and obviously representing their countries, Absolutely. they've talked about World Baseball Classic meaning more. A lot of times it does. Than the World Series to them because they, they represent it's like, their it's like country. The, it's like the Olympics. Yeah, yep. you represent your country. It's patriotism. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's why there's a lot on the line here in Team USA uh, representing. We know baseball is an international sport. So that's pretty cool. Right now, I, sure. I believe they are batting 382. As a team, yeah. Uh, with 23 runs, five doubles. Uh, one triple and six homers in the past two games. So they yeah, most been, of them are Trey Turner. <laughs> yeah. so, most yeah. of them are Trey Turner. So they've been uh, they've been they've been feeling good, man. They've been feeling it, and yeah, I, I think it's I think it is good for the overall game, though that the uh, the urgency that these players have to play, and they know that injury is a big part of that's been a big topic of conversation. Is it yeah. even worth it for these players to play in it because of the injury concern or the risk of injury? And a lot of the players they understand the risks and they want to represent their country. Well, that's the, the baseball classic. It's pretty that, cool. I that, like it. That's what it's I'm all about, man. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of I it. Like it. And there's a couple of my buddies have been on that team. One of my, my former infield instructor, Jerry Manuel, is the bench coach. He was a former manager in the big leagues. You got Michael Young. He's been there, a batting practice pitcher, former uh, Texas Ranger, a legend. You got all these older players that are there giving their knowledge to these other players. And let's not forget, you brought up um, Jose Altuve. Kyle Tucker came up a little limpy the, the other day, too, mm. but he hit a home run the other day to put the USA yeah. team up. He he smacked it against, guess who? Luis Garcia, his, former, his, teammate, his teammate with his yeah. little braids in the back. He let him know about <laughs> it. He spoke on them well. So it was really, really cool to see, and hopefully we can continue to see the USA team win uh, a world championship again. I am rooting. Well, I guess there's two good storylines. If they end up playing Mexico, they get the revenge game because yep, they get yep. the revenge for losing to them in the first round. But if they play Japan, man, I, I think it will be you, Darvish, maybe starting. Or Shohei. They said Shohei is probably going to finish. Or, yeah. you know, no, either way, it doesn't matter. You'll get to see those two guys going up against Team USA. That'd be cool. So either way, whether it's um, uh, the Mexican uh, national team or whether it's uh, Team uh, Japan, Japanese national team, it's going to be a really cool storyline either way. I saw Shohei pitch the other day. He threw two pitches 102 miles per hour. Mm. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. And he hit a home run going down to a knee straight away center field. Yeah. I mean, I, dude's a freak. I think I want to see Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I'd rather see freak. the matchup with Japan, yeah. actually. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'd rather see that. But obviously, Team Mexico is pretty tough. Um, so, World Baseball Classic, a uh, little conversation there. Real quick, um, talking, getting back to the Jose Altuve injury because he's going to be out for the foreseeable future, at least for the first month to six weeks of the season. Um. Do you think they should put Pena in the the, the top spot in the first uh, right there in the first spot in the batting order, or should they go with 
I don't know. Who's, who are you thinking about? That's a great, great question. I would. I, you want Is somebody. Bregman? Is it Bregman? Bregman? I would put Bregman in the leadoff so spot. Bregman? Bregman, okay. Bregman has probably, I think he led off some at LSU. He's had some good times at the play. And you you always want to start a game one nothing, right? And both of those guys, if you put Pena there, that'll be cool too. They have some younger players that they may have to bring up to play in that position. Don't forget Diaz is still part of that team. He could probably play in the leadoff position. They can do some different things with him. Yeah, no, I, that that'll be yeah. That's how deep that Astros team is. Yeah, uh, but that's that's a little bad news for Astros fan, like I said. But the season is so long. I think that will actually give him time to get completely healthy. They won't rush him back at no. all. So I think he'll be out even longer. Need him for the run, not yeah, for now. Exactly. So whatever the anticipated uh, injury report says, I think he might be out a little bit longer than that, just to make sure that they are airing on the safe side with Jose Altuve. Uh, all right, a little World Baseball Classic conversation. There we come back. We got the flex on the other side. This uh, former member of the Flex family and a former Texas high school football player had a little something to say about Dylan DeSue's <laughs> performance. Uh, we'll talk about if uh, he had a point, if he made an actual valid point here via Twitter when he was giving some props to Dylan DeSue, but a backhanded kind of compliment, if you will, toward the University of Texas. We'll get slap, into that slap. and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on the the Horn. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday. Actually kind of fits the very melancholy mood of the weather out there as well here in the ATX. A little chilly, but uh, I think it'll be spring Type temperatures coming up very soon. Uh, my man Patrick, though, DJing a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. You can always be a part of the show. You're the most important part of it. Specs text line 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick Davis is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. So after watching Dylan DeSue put on a show, uh, an iconic performance, a historically great performance in the tournament, 14 of 20, uh, 28 points, 10 rebounds versus uh, Penn State. Everybody was tweeting about Dylan DeSue. I'm sure it's awesome to have yourself trending <laughs> vir- uh, virally like that on social media. That's got to be really cool. Um, so a lot of tweets out there about what Dylan DeSue did. And one came from Garrett Wilson. Used to be uh, Lake Travis Cavalier. Mm. And his tweet was, quote, I love seeing the University of Texas value the talent in their backyard of Austin. Dot, dot, dot. And now they're winning. Crazy how that worked. Love to see it. Ha, ha. (laughs) Period. Yeah. uh, That was a shot right there. No doubt that was a shot. Now, we all know that Garrett Wilson, you know, he was, I'm sure he was recruited by Texas. Now, was he recruited Hard enough, and was he recruited effectively? That's a different discussion altogether. How many of his friends that he played with were recruited? 
that he thought should have been recruited by Texas and weren't. So there's a lot of that, that going around. Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield and Lake Travis, I'm sure he has some things to say because he did not get over. Probably he, agreed with He him. didn't get over from a lot of people, though, to be fair. Um, but I, throwing it out there, Gary Wilson, he still has a point. I mean, there's a lot of talent here in Central Texas if you're talking about you know all the big sports and major sports, but honestly, any sport now. Agree. Yeah, you, can talk, you can be talking about volleyball. You can be talking about softball. I mean, there's just a ton of talent. That's what the flex is all about. There's a ton of talent here in Central Texas because the area and the community keeps growing so rapidly mm-hmm. that now whether you're talking about football, you're talking about basketball, baseball, women's basketball, softball, volleyball, there are some great athletes being recruited nationally from this area, from the flex area here in Central Texas. No doubt. Uh, Garrett Wilson, yeah, it would have been great to have him here. Uh, I will say that now that continues to happen. I mean, look at Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's got two. He said he was coming, didn't he? Central Texas wide receivers <laughs> right here. Uh, they, you know that have committed to that 2023 class. Yeah, that are from schools right here in Central Texas. And they got actually got Leonard Moore as another one for for 2024. Thank you. So, you know, they may be having some tweets like this too. As long as Texas programs are winning. They can. They're not going to be able to keep all the talent here in Central Texas. Yeah. But if they're losing, and then great talent from Central Texas are going other places and thriving and flourishing. That, then we got a problem. Yeah, that's that. That is the problem. That, and that's why Garrett Wilson does have a point. It's like, well, Texas ain't like they've been ball. Ain't like they've been balling out of control lately. Thank you. Stacking up double digit win seasons. They could be using the guy who was the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. All right. Wow. So you could, you should have if, if he says you should have recruited him harder, then you should have recruited him harder. <laughs> that, that don't give Damn, what you, Pretty simple, you ain't right? doing enough. It's like, yeah, if your wife said you should have done more, then damn it, you should have done more. Okay? And then you can be talked about it. There you go. He said it. Right? Yeah, that's 100% facts right there, my brother. And when I saw that tweet come across, I was just like, ooh, this dude's still being petty. Exactly. Uh, he's still being petty. So he might be hanging out with Zay as the petty king. <laughs> they, might be, they might be friends. <laughs> but, yeah, I understand because I, 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 you know as well what the story was about him and his recruitment or lack thereof. You wasn't going after him hard enough. But the truth of the matter is there is a ton of talent here, and I've said it for a very long time. It's, I hate it when kids in this area – and maybe even the coaches there think just because these kids live in Austin that they want to go to the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. If other people are recruiting me this hard, you need to recruit me this hard too. Don't live on the fact that, well, this kid wants to be a Longhorn, so we'll wait to give it to him. No, no. Just because some parents work at the school, don't know. you got to make sure that you are doing your best to convince that kid mm-hmm. who is a talent – talent, a rookie of the year talent that wanted to come to the University of Texas. Now, how much did he really want to? His family is originally from Ohio. So so there was that there as well. But come on, man. Come on. Get some people from this area that want to come to this university because they will go somewhere and hold a grudge against you and try to beat you themselves. Uh, No, that's a a good point because I remember the – Man, actually, because Leonard Moore's father mm-hmm. actually works at the University of Texas, but yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? Professor. And we've, <laughs> and we've met. Professor. And we've met Mr. Moore. He's fantastic. <laughs> he's great. I mean, he's, 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 he's a brilliant man. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know how the recruitment went, so it's just me just talking. I'm oh, yeah. Talking yeah, yeah. out of the side of my I have no idea what's going on. But I, I believe that Texas probably assumed, oh, man, we might have an inside track on this kid. 
Hey, and I, you know the name's like uh, we got something to say about that. Here, here, here's the biggest <laughs> thing. Here's the biggest thing, and this is something that I did too. I let my son decide where he wanted to go to school. No doubt. It wasn't because I'm going to push him somewhere. If you're not coming and bringing the heat, that's on you. Because he's going to play, and he's going to play well somewhere. So you might as well go all in. Another name that we are talking about, too, Mark mm-hmm. Henry's son. Yes, yeah, true. He's 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 moving up the ladder. Yeah, he's, one of them. <laughs> he's moving right up about that. boards. Mm-hmm. And people are taking notice because he's uniquely strong. Like his father. I was going to say, I think he get it from somewhere. We know where he got it from. We know where he got it from. Already. Uh, and that's a great point. The texture brought about Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson has said in the past, um, and I can find go find the quote for you if we needed yeah. to, but um, I'll just paraphrase. He has talked about the reason he didn't go to Texas basically because he's seen great players in high school, you know, in the high school ranks go to Texas as five stars, you know, all American players and basically disappear go there and be underdeveloped, underutilized. Yep. And that was also one of the biggest reasons he decided to choose Ohio State. He made the right choice. Yes, he did. Because you know, Ohio State knows how to develop and produce wide receivers. Brian Hardline. Exactly. <laughs> so the young man is smart. And you said he had ties there. So I think Texas is getting back to that. They want to get. They want to change that narrative. Yep. And that's Garrett Wilson once again bringing up that narrative about, hey, Texas ignoring the talent in their own backyard. I don't think that's happening. I think Texas is making a push to yep. try to solidify those ties. But as we, as you know, Harsh has pointed out, and I talked to it, talked about it too. I mean, look at Braylon James and Jaden Greathouse. Yep. They are two of the top four highest rated prospects in the Notre Dame 2023 class. Yeah. At wide receiver. And, and Texas has re- been recruiting wide receivers. Hello. That, but I will say they don't necessarily fit the type of wide receivers that Sark likes. I was going to say, but John Sark, Tay Cook does. Exactly. <laughs> Sark's got a type. John Tay Cook does. Sark's got a type at wide receiver. And I was at Braylon, Braylon James and Jay Greathouse, gr- awesome yep. prospects. Yep. But they're different than the guys that he likes to ring in. Just throwing that out there, too. But I think he'd have liked to have all of them, honestly. Um, just because I prefer you know, bro- big booty brunettes doesn't mean I'm going to ignore the big booty, booty blondes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I mean that's just ridiculous. Hey, <laughs> who was being that discriminatory? Not, that's ridiculous. You cannot do that. <laughs> all right, come back. Uh, Cowboys taking care of business, making all the right moves. We'll talk about the Cowboys and what they have done uh, in offseason so far, and the Texans making moves as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine the Horn.